morning. Time is given to us. Time is given to us to prepare. Time is given to us to prepare for eternity. How about that? Isn't that good news? Your time is time well spent is with the Lord. Amen. Okay. With that gone, let's start with opening prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is here. We thank you, Lord, that each and every one of us, Father God, will receive greater revelations, Father God, and how to manage, Father God, not only our time, but our life. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks for in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Good. Okay. There are 365 days in a year equaling 12 months. There are seven days in a week equaling 189 hours. There are 24 hours in a day equaling 1,440 minutes. And for each minute, there are 60 seconds. Well, it's a lot. There is no replacement for time. Once it's passed, it's over. So where does time go? Where does time go? 85 to 95, pardon me, 85 to 90 percent of your time is doing nothing that really builds your faith. Wow. That's for the majority of people. 85 to 90 percent of your time is doing nothing that really builds your faith. That's pretty heavy. Uh, many individuals are succeeding in work. We could say hallelujah for that. We're succeeding in work. But they're failing elsewhere in their lives. So I'm going to read you a, a, a newspaper clipping that came out a few years back. And the uh, title of that newspaper clipping was, Where Did the Years Go? I remember talking to a friend a number of years ago about my children. Mine were five and seven at the time. Just the age when daddy means everything to them. I wish I could have spent more time with my kids, but I was too busy working. After all, I wanted to give them things I never had when I was growing up. I loved the idea of coming home and having them sit on my lap and tell me about their day. Unfortunately, most days I came home too late and I was only able to kiss them goodnight. Before I knew it, they were 9 and 11. I miss uh, seeing them in their school programs for I was traveling for business trips and other special conferences. The kids never complained, but I can see the disappointment in their eyes. I kept promising that I would have more time next year, but the goal to be successful in the corporate world gave me less time. Suddenly, they were no longer 9 and 11. They were well in their, into their teens. I never saw my daughter's first date, nor my son's basketball games. My wife made excuses for me, and I managed to talk to them by phone. Don't ask me where the years have gone. Those little kids are now 19 and 21 years of age and in college. I can't believe it. My job is less demanding now, and finally I have time for them. But they have their own interests, and there's no time for me. To be perfectly honest, I am a little bit hurt. It seems like yesterday that they were five and seven. I give anything to live those years over. You can bet your life I do things differently, but they are gone now, and so is my chance of being a dad. Wow, that was pretty powerful. Um, you would say that's speaking of regrets. That's what you're going to talk. We're going to speak about today. Regrets. Most of most of us have uh, to deal with regrets from time to time. 
Um, you do sometimes later regret missing things or having the opportunity that comes by and you don't take it and you regret it. Some people we've hurt, we made poor decisions, and time has been wasted. Looking back to the past, regretting it and complaining about it. This person did. They look back at the joys that might have been and the years of happy, joyful experiences they could have had. But it's too late. The opportunities have gone. They are obsessed by the thought, if only, if only. Listen here. Regrets can be traced back to unwise decisions. Regrets can be traced back to unwise decisions. Are we willing to suffer the consequences of running in the rat race? No amount of, of success can compensate the curse of regret. No matter, no, pardon me, no amount of success can compensate for the curse of regrets. regrets. Wise people, glory to God, understand that the present time you have will be soon the past. Though we all have done things that we regret, God doesn't want us to regret, doesn't want us to regret, have regret, rob us, I should say, of the joy of knowing him or crippling us in our glorious pursuit of him. So God doesn't want us to go on with regrets. Full statement here. The clearer the picture you have of your future, the clearer the picture you have of your future, the greater motivation you will have to make wise decisions. Let me read that again. The clearer the picture you have for your future, the greater motivation you will have to make wise decisions. Wise people, which you are, understand that decisions you make now will have an input in your future for your dreams. Amen. So since we're, uh, we need to get to some scripture now, let's go to Proverbs chapter 27. In Proverbs chapter 7, 27 we read, In verse 12, that's Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12. A prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Uh, I'll read it from the Amplified. A prudent man sees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished with suffering. From the NIV it reads, The prudent man sees danger and takes refuge. But the simple keep on going and suffer for it. So we need to be prudent. In other words, we need to be wise about our time. Uh, let's now go to the New Testament, and we're going to read quite a bit here. In the book of Colossians, that's Colossians. I won't ask you to raise your hands if you have any regrets. Or had regrets. I think we've all uh, had some and wish we didn't do some, some, but things are subject to change with God's Word. Amen? And that's Colossians chapter 3. Looking in Colossians chapter 3. We're going to read most of it, beginning with verse 1. If ye be, if ye be risen with Christ, Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. There's a key right there. For ye are, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, 
glory to God, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affections, evil conducence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In the which you also walked sometime when ye lived in them. Glory to God, we're not there anymore. We're walking now in the Spirit. Verse 8, but now you also put off all those anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's a good note. Verse 10, and having put, off, put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that called, created him, where there is neither Greek or Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Verse 12, put on therefore the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, uh, humanness, humbleness, pardon me, of mind, meekness, and long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. We should be thankful. Wow. Going on. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Well, there's that wisdom. That's that prudence we were looking at. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Well, some of us need to pick up on that chorus right there. Verse 17, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So that, that, uh, that all talks about their being a prudent individual. Um, in other word, words, the word is a shield or a guard for us. The word is designed to protect us from the darkness or, or some, what we're talking about, regrets. Your greatest regret probably in life probably could have been avoided if you had protected yourself from that danger. If you put that wall, that shield of protection, if you had established a shield, guard, and boundary of defense around you. So we need to have that boundary. That a prudent, Remember that prudent man, it says that he's held there. A prudent man, again, um, foresees the evil and hides himself, but the simple has to pass on. The prudent man is hidden in the word of God. Glory to God. We need to follow through on that. Um, now, since we're there, let's uh, back up one book, and you'll find the book of Philippians. In Philippians chapter 3 this time, we'll look at Philippians chapter 3. Glory to God. Verse 13. Philippians 3.13. Brethren, I count not myself have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before. I press fo forward to the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Here, here we see that we can break free of regrets. Forget about those things in the back, past. Don't bring up the regrets. It only keeps you, you know, only if, only if, forget about it. You, God will change things for you if you, if we just be patient. Amen. Glory to God. So we need to break free of regrets. This is living according to this verses thirteen through fifteen. This is, this is living above regrets. See, rather than count myself to apprehend. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, the regrets, 
and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press forward to the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, let's go on to verse 15. Lest therefore as many be perfect, be thus minded, and if any, anything ye be otherwise minded, so God shall reveal even this unto you. Glory to God. So we can avoid regrets if we live in a higher standard of God's, God's spiritual work. You know, we, as, as we move into God's word, we are surrounded. We put up a shield and the regrets can't hit us. And we are begin to go into the spiritual things. We become more prudent or wise in the things that God has called us to do. That's why we need the word constantly. Read, read the word constantly to understand where we're at, where we should be, and how to advance. You know, um, it says we go from glory to glory, not from pothole to pothole. We need to get out, out of the potholes. You know, some of us are not only in a pothole, we're in a rut. It's like a grave. It goes, you know, a grave. You can't get out of it. But if you, once we get into God's Word, begin to see God. It, it'll take time. We have to be patient. One of the things that God tells us, we need to be patient in His Word. One step at a time. Line upon line, precept upon precept, line, line upon line. We have to take it. You know, one thing is, uh, they tell on the on your road to success or the ladder of success, you don't jump to the third or fourth rung right away. You start at the, at the bottom and you take one step at a time because you build upon that foundation and you can't let the enemy come in and steal your foundation because you'll have to start all over. Oh me. Wow, that's a regret, isn't it? You have to starting all over. Um, if anyone has a reason for regrets, it was the Apostle Paul. Think about it. Before his conversion, for being born again, he was a persecutor of the church. Man. He stood by passionately uh, as, uh, the, the, as Stephen was stoned. Um, he was a thorn in the side of the church. I mean, anybody that heard, heard the name of Saul, or we know him as Paul, don't go around that guy. Um, but when he came, came to know the Lord Jesus Christ in faith, he could have said, I man, do I regret chasing people? I had people killed. You know, I jailed people. I had them beaten. But what did he say? I don't know those things. That was the past. That's the old dead man. He doesn't bring up the dead man. Too many of us to go back, oh, well, you know, I could, I could have had a better time if I would have did this or that. That's regretting something. And if, if we live in regrets, we cannot move forward in, into the God's word or God's ways, okay? Okay, so we're going to look at uh, how to avoid regrets. First one is the silent accuser. The silent accuser. That's the enemy. He's before, so he's before the Lord, and he, he's, a, he's saying, I know that person there that, uh, that's asking you something, but that person is rotten, Lord. Don't give him anything. Laurel's just bad, bad to the bone, I tell you what. Well, that's what he says. He talks about each other. Do you, you know when, when she was such and such? When she was three years of age, she pushed her sister. You know, he'll put up anything and he'll bring it to you. Remember, and they say, "Well, oh, man, I regret that. I wish I was could have said, you know, okay. To silence that, we have to remember that we've been saved by the blood of the lamb. But we have an enemy who, who loves to remind us of our sins and failures. How many of you are having a good day? Sometimes you're having a good day, and all of a sudden comes out, something comes up, man, what did it do? You, know, you see something, or you read something, and all of a sudden, your mind flips over to something else, something you, you, you shouldn't have never done. And then you start regretting, oh, man, how did I do that? What happens? The devil has taken you back to, an old, to the old man, 
and you can't get out of it. You start pondering, what should I have done? That's bringing the regrets back and you're living in the past and you can't go into the future. Glory to God, how do you? We know that uh, the devil is called the accuser of the brethren. If the enemy can't keep us from, uh, keep Jesus from saving us, he will do all things to impede your walk, your spiritual walk. He'll do all sorts of stuff. Um, let's go to the book of uh, Revelation since we're in the New Testament. Revelation chapter 12. Look at verse 10. Revelation 12, 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation, strength, and kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our Lord day and night. See, he's up there saying, Okay, um, Mike's been a bad boy this week. You know, he's he's uh, trying to get you to think about, oh man, how can I, why should I, I'm sorry I did that, I'm sorry I did But you're always, he's always trying to bring you back to your past, to live, to relive, to meditate upon it. It's past. Paul said, it's gone, I don't believe it anymore. That person is dead. You can't raise that person out of the grave. It's dead. You're alive. You're alive unto the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. By accusing us, he, he, he gets us to focus on our failures than the victory in Jesus that is given us. Uh, you're right there. Let's go to verse 11. Uh, Revela uh, Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. So it's your testimony of who you are in Christ now and the blood that you're blood washed. When you're blood washed, the sin is removed. I mean, God says, I don't see nothing on that individual. She's clean. You have to use the blood. It, it, the blood cleanses you from all sin. There goes the regrets. It's all gone. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's, we need to stand up and shout. Amen. Glory to God. Yes, we have failed, unfortunately. But every failure was paid at, at the cross, full. Okay? Uh, and since the, the devil is the accuser, you need to say this. My past is forgiven. I have no regrets about it. Catch him on his own thing. But I know your future, and it's not a good one. Mine's a good one. So, you know, if he's going to bug you, tell him about his, his future. You know, he doesn't like that. He's going to run. He'll still try to trip you up. Okay. Okay. Second thing we need to do is let's go to uh, the book of Romans now. Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, glory to God. We need to remind ourselves of this. Romans chapter 8, look at verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Uh, let's go to uh, the Amplified. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no adjusting guilty or wrong, for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. If we're walking in the Spirit, there's no condemnation. Amen. He can't bring up the regrets. Can't say, well, he's a sinner. Well, my sins have been washed away. I've been washed in the blood. I overcome the enemy with the blood of the Lamb, washing all the sins away. Oh, glory to God. That's something to, bop, to dance about. Oh, glory. <laughs> Think about it. Oh, every time he tries to mention something, it's been washed away. I'm cleansed. Oh, glory to God. 
Oh, glory. So, again, there's no condemnation to those in Christ. Overcoming regrets requires remembering, and there's no condemnation for us. Regrets requires remembering. It's in the past. There's no condemnation to us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, third thing we want to look at. Let's go back uh, to the book of Philippians. Book of Philippians. Glory. This is the third thing we need to do. Well, we kind of uh, ran around a little bit. So we, we need to silence the accuser. There's no condemnation to those in Christ. And the third thing is in Philippians chapter 3. Verse 13 and 14, we looked at it already. Brethren, I count myself not uh, apprehended, but for this one thing, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press forward to the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We need to keep on pressing and forget about the things in the past. Keep on, forget about the past. God doesn't see your past. He says, well, look at that guy. Oh, yeah, I, I, I remember that. No, it's under the blood. It's under the blood. And the devil can't accuse, accuse you of anything. So you have no regrets. Glory to God. Paul could have a lot of regrets. He persecuted the church. Amen. Um, he threw a lot of people in prison. He had a lot of people uh, killed. But he, but he said he didn't dwell on his sins. He forgot what lay behind. He forgot what lay behind. What, you forget what you, you were in, in your old past. Too many of us have, well, we know a lot of people say, well, you know, I did this or I did that. And God says you don't have a past. You're cleansed. You have a new future. Walk in that future. We need to walk in the future. Amen. He said, I forgot what, what, what lays in the past. Does this mean he couldn't remember his sins? No, he remembered them. It means Paul intentionally, listen, intentionally did not focus on them. Don't focus on your sins. That's meditating on them. That's bringing the past up. That's... that's uh, uh, bringing up wounds and hurts. But focus on the prize that's before you. Put your energies into pursuing Christ. Put your ener energies on meditating on what God calls us to do. Put your energies in seeing what God wants you to do, wants you to have, how to operate in them. Like I said, it's going to take time because we've never really put the pressure on confession. You know, we confess, well, oh, thank you, Lord, that uh, my bank account's dry. How many of you have ever said that? Golly. It's dry, Lord, it's dry. No, he says, whatever you put your hand to shall, what? I shall have not only barns, but I shall have a barn, but we should have more storehouses. Well, that tells me you need to put your finances in different areas. I mean, you know, as soon as you get one bank full, you want to go to the other one. But you've got to be wise. Don't think that this is going to keep you safe. Be prudent. Be wise with what you, what you have or what you do with it, okay? Okay. We need to focus on the prize and put our energies in pursuing what the Lord says in the word. Pursue the word. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and he shall add those things which you're wanting, or add that you would desire. So if we're looking what God wants, looking to do what God called us to do, he's going to supply our needs. That's a promise. Too many of them say, well, you know, uh, my job's not quite making it. Look what you're saying. Your job is not going to make you wealthy or, hel or healthy or whatever. It's what? What makes you healthy and wealthy and wise? Oh. 
Do what happened? Third John two. That's what's going to getting your mind renewed to God's word is going to make you healthy, wealthy, and wise or healthy, wealthy, wise. You know, you need to have. It's the word that's going to push you over the top or keep you going up to the top. It's the word. You know, I get, Lord, do I have to? Okay. I get upset. When, when ready, jumping in bed, and, and the wife has her iPad on to the word, you know, it's, it's reading out loud. She says, did you read your Bible today? I have to say, no, I haven't. What? Third John 2 says, I should, because once this is converted over, everything else will be converted over. You've got to start believing what God's word says. How many are rich out there? Nobody's saying they're rich. Well, how, can, how can you get there if you don't claim it? God says, well, they say, name and claim it. I'm just going to start claiming what God says. What I put my hand to, what? Prosper. Well, you've got to start claiming it. What I'm doing is going to make me prosperous. If it's prosperous, it's having above and beyond what I ask or think. But you have to ha train this. But every time, every time you see the, the bill come in, do I have enough to cover this? What's that telling us? The bill's there. Do I have enough to cover it? What are you what's what is the devil telling you? It's not happening. No, I have my financial finances is going to grow. I am the quote, I am the seed they say, I am the seed of Abraham. I am blessed beyond measure. Well, you say, you're not the seed of Abraham. Yes, I am. It says, whoever is born again is a seed of Abraham. Start claiming your, your claiming the promises of God. How many are saved out there? That's a promise of God. I've, if I confess Jesus as the Lord of my life, And he took, and he's my substitute for sin. I'm blood washed. That's a promise. You believe that, but when it comes to finances, oh my gosh. Or, oh my gosh, it says I'm supposed to be healthy. Oh my gosh. I don't see it. I don't feel it. <laughs> There's that pain again. This is subject to change. Your pocketbook, your checkbook is subject to change. Not going down, but increasing. Your health is subject to change. It, it has to go up because God's word says it. You ha we have to learn to trust God and not think about the old things. Well, if I didn't do that, I would have been in better shape. Well, we all have regrets, but what are we supposed to do with regrets? Put it in the past. You don't have, you don't have that dragging you behind because, well, all oh, this pain here, or oh, the checkbook. No, God says this is what He's going to do. You got, we got to start trusting God. It's going to take main reason we have to trust God because we have to be patient because our mind has to be renewed to it. Where any time something negative comes your way, you cast it out. No, that's not what God's word says. I've been made whole, complete. Remember the, I'm way off today. Remember the, the woman with the issue of blood for 18 years? And she heard of Jesus coming. She said, if I may just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be 
made whole. She had to have that faith. And she had, and she had been, she had it, it says she had it for 12 years. Well, unfortunately, we know that Jesus' ministry is only three years. So that meant nine years worth, at least nine years worth, she, she was going through some pain. But she kept, she had hope. Hope gives what? Expression for faith to move out. And once you've heard of Jesus, that's it. We're lucky. We have, we have the whole entire Bible to see the pros and cons of what people have done. Not, not everybody was successful because they went the wrong way. And they, had to, they didn't turn, turn things around. They didn't speak it out. They began to follow the drift of the enemy. Well, we're way off there. Okay. Um, fourth thing we need to do is, let's go to a book of Ephesians. Just back up a couple of... Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and Ephesians chapter 2. This is the fourth thing we need to do. Ephesians chapter 2. Are you ready for this mind blower? I hope this is talking about us. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto works. What kind of works? Good works. Which God hath ordained, before ordained, that we should walk in them or do them. God ordained that you should do them. Good works. It says we need to be fruitful, in other words. Creating Christ unto good works. We need to be fruitful in what God's called us to do. We are his workmanship. No matter how much we have failed, quote, unquote, God's word says he has good works for us to do. We need to begin to walk in what the word says. Well, I can't do that. Pray about it. Prayer changes things. Prayer is what sets hope and faith on fire. Are you praying about it? So when we fall, we need to get back up and do the work that God's called us to do. I can't do it. I'm, I'm, it's not happening. Pray about it. God says, put me to the test. Let us reason together. Now, what are you going to reason with God with? Well, God, you know the situation I'm in. Job's not there or job's not enough to cover my... That's not what God says. Let us reason together. God, you said, and then you take your scripture. You said, if I do this, you would do that. If I was obedient, if I was obedient in what you called me to do, I would be prosperous. I would have health, good health. We're going back to 3 John 2. Or we go to um, Joshua 1.8. If I did that, I would be prosperous. I would be, have good health. If I'm obedient, what's obedient? Speak his word. Believe his word. Begin to act upon it. Whoa. Well, I don't have enough money to do that. You remember the little book, booklet we, I gave you ooh, a couple, three years ago? The little booklet on tithing and offerings? Some people didn't believe it, so, but they tried it. Remember this one farmer? He, he had a little portion of his farm. He wasn't doing too good. But he says, okay, this is, this is 10 acres. I'm going to give him one acre. Whatever comes out of that, I'm going to give it to the Lord. And the very next year, it blossomed. 
So he says, well, I'm going to try a little bit more. I've got 100 acres now. I'm going to give another 10% and see what happens. And the very next year, it prospered. Pretty soon, he was giving more than the 10% because he was giving offerings upon over the 10%. And pretty soon, 10 or 15 years later, he was not living. He was living on 10% and giving the 90 to God. And he was well-to-do. Think about it. That's, that's change. That's a life-changing course. You think he had any regrets of doing that? No. I won't have regrets of doing something like that. We just need to follow through. So I don't. Well, some people, I don't have anything to give. What do you got? I only give a penny. I can only give a penny. Well, give what you got. You give nothing, you expect nothing. Give something. Some people have put pencils or pens in the offering, you know. I hate to say this. One, got, one person put teeth in the offering. <laughs> well, maybe he needed teeth. I don't know, but he... But he did put, he put a tooth in the offering. You know, well, I, I, you know, I said, okay, this, I can't, I can't. And at the time, the, the, the people that were uh, uh, writing down, you know, the, the, the tithes and offerings that goes into the account, said, I don't do teeth. <laughs> well, you know, we, I thought, you know, that's, this is bad. This person must be. But I never thought about it. If he gave a tooth, what's he expecting back? A good tooth. <laughs> or good, a good set of teeth. You know, whatever. But you have to give something. You just can't just, you know. So not asking you to put a tooth in, but <laughs> I don't know if they'll count that. Oh wow. So, uh, where were we? <laughs> oh, we need to be fruitful. All right. <laughs> Number five. First Thessalonians. Number five. First Thessalonians. And first, uh, first Thessalonians, chapter five. This is something that most of us are prone not to do. First Thessalonians, this is what we need to do, though. Even though it's a bad, it might be a bad thing coming your way, we need to do this. First Thessalonians chapter 5, looking at verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning. We need to give thanks. Thank you, Lord, for the roof I have over my head. Thank you for the car that I drive. Thank you for the kids stomping on the floor. No, no. <laughs> no, we, we need to give, start to give thanks in all circumstances. Because God can change those circumstances. Amen. He doesn't stop. At, well, I hope so. He's, he gives a miracle if it's need, needed be. For this is the will of God for us. We need to start giving thanks. In the midst of temptation to regret, thank God that he saved us and has forgiven us of our sins. Thank God. Amen. I'm above that. Thank God for, for patience. It's something I... You wouldn't believe what I did the other day. I went in the shopping line. This is terrible again. I get in the shopping line. One person ahead of me. And there was, you know, on the other two lines, you know, I was scanning. How you go in the, in the store and you got three or four tellers. You, you look at the line that's smallest and you figure you're going to get out of there. She got in there. And then I see the other line's moving. I said, what's, what's wrong? 
what's wrong here? She couldn't find her card or her cash. She was going through, you know, going through a purse. Be ready, please. <laughs> so I waited, and I saw the line. I, I could have been, I see the person I would have been, was behind. If I went in that other line, they went out the store. The person over here went out the store. And they had ba ba big baskets, both of them. I get behind the person that didn't hardly have nothing, and she can't find her card. I think God is wanting me to be patient with people. <laughs> Never fails. Okay. So we need to thank God she found it. I'm giving thanks now. Thank you, Lord. She found it. She shall never have any more problems. Glory to God. Okay. Thank God for his patience and his long suffering with me. <laughs> okay. Number five. Let your, let your failures Keep you humble. If you have a feeling, be humble about it. Okay, I did something wrong. I'm going to do better. We should not waller, waller in our regrets. Past failures remind you that you are, past failures remind one that you are capable of anything apart from God's grace. Amen. You know that you are successful to temptation, so you need to pray regularly. <laughs> Glory to God. For God to deliver you from it. So I need to pray regularly when I get in that grocery line. It's not too bad when I, you know. Oh, the bad thing about it is parking in the parking lot. You know, I don't want the cars to get scratched. So I drive out there and I find at the end of the parking lot, nobody's around me. And I take a spot where I go double, double park over, you know, drive over. The middle of the car is over on one of the sides. So I got two parking spaces. I come back, there's cars around me. What's going on here? And then I walk around the car. Uh, who knows? I mean, whatever type of vehicle you have, you need to be thank God for it. I mean, you know, I thank God for my vehicles. Okay. God does not want, God does not want us to be paralyzed by regrets. So let's not focus on them, but like Paul, focus and press forward again for the prize of the high calling. Number six, exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Exercise your faith. In order to bring benefits, we need to exercise our faith. Um, faith does not benefit you unless you exercise it. You can have a, I, I got a lot of faith, but if you're not exercising your faith, James says, show me your faith and I'll show you my works and I'm, I'm doing better. Faith needs to be exercised, okay? Faith is important in moving beyond your regrets. Faith offers the possibility of fresh new starts. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become anew. Exercise your faith. Know who you are in Christ Jesus. And all things are yours. Amen. No one, no one, pardon me, can go back and make new beginnings. Anyone can start now and make a brand new start. Many times we try working through our problems, struggling uh, over broken things in our lives, only to realize that we can't change them. To get help, get back into the book that's in your lap, your instruction manual, the Bible. Start there, because it's going to give you all the information, the whereabouts, and how-tos. God wants you to forget your past and, be, and move beyond your regrets. He wants to give you a brand new start, new creatures in Christ Jesus. The story that matters, pardon me, the story that matters most isn't what Peter or Paul did. It's yours. God's plan for your life. Your life is not buried under 
past mistakes any longer. You're brand new. All of us have made bad choices. All of us have been disobedient to God. All of us have tainted or have been tainted by the sin in our lives. All of us have been influenced by Satan's attacks. But the important thing is when we're dealing with our past, glory to God, God forgives us. We're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Let the thing go out. Amen? Glory to God. Are you ready? Oh, we're about there. Okay. You remember last week's quiz or question? Anybody? Psalms chapter 16. Verse 11 says, What is at the right hand of the Lord forevermore? The path of life, fullness of joy, or pleasures forevermore? But they're all there. The path of life is great. Fullness of joy. I'm only glory. But look at, he says, pleasures forevermore. They all are in one package. But he wants to make sure that you have pleasures forevermore. Okay, are you ready for next week's yeah. quiz? There are two sets of brothers Jesus called to be his disciples. What were their names? There were two sets of brothers Jesus called to be his disciples. What were their names? Some of you are thinking, some of you already know. It's, you'll find, find the answer in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, and Matthew chapter 4, verses tw 21 and 22. I'm going to throw you a... a, a Yeah, there you go, curve. Which disciple had the nickname? Didymus. Didymus means twin. Now, what disciple was a twin? John chapter 11, verse 16. There'll be, that's an interesting one. Both of those are interesting. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And look what we have now. We have Amen. Glory to God. We have the communion service upon us. Glory to God. Amen. Boy, but it is neat when we look at what the Lord said the communion service or the Passover is for us, the New Testament saints. In Matthew chapter, pardon me, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse... 23, Paul says, For I have received the Lord that which I also delivered to unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. His body, why? it was broken for us. And we, you know, of course, we looked at, you know, the scriptures already. On, by his stripes are we what? Healed. Oh, wow. I thought I'd get some excitement out of there. I mean, our body should be healed. Just a reminder, this is what his body did. Stripes and bruises. It says, by his stripes we are healed. So when you take your bread, this is the same type of bread that, um, you say, well, how do you know? It's unleavened bread. It's the matzah bread that the, the Jews make for the Passover. So this is what... Jesus partook of this type of bread. And we look at through the scriptures, by Jesus' stripes are we healed. There's stripes on there. We're healed by it. Remember, what do we have to do? Retrain our mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And also 1 John 3. No, 3 John 2. 
Renew the mind to what the word says. The bread gives healing, brings healing to our to our body. He, his, his body, oh, we, we spoke about this in, in Wednesday night's class, that uh, when Jesus was on that cross, he was so disfigured. Why? Because all, all the sickness and diseases that mankind had was put on his body. That's why it says his visage was so horrible, nobody could actually look at him. Because Sin ravaged his body, pardon me, sickness ravaged his body. So when we, we receive this, thank you, Lord. I'm believing, according to your word, that by your stripes I'm healed. From the top of my head to the very soles of my feet. Yes, there may be some kinks in my, but thank God, things are subject to change because your word says. Things are subject to change. Glory to God. Okay, then let's go on to what we got. Verse 25, and after the same manner, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as you often drink it in remembrance of me. What was the, what was the cup? The blood. And what did the blood do? It washes away all sin. We're cleansed. This is just a reminder. Lord, your blood, your, your blood cleanses me. I'm no longer a child of the devil. I'm your child. Wow. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm just, we're just going to just come on up and pick up the emblems. And, uh, and after you all pick, pick them up, we'll take communion together. You want to put some music on? Thank you. You thought of everything. Oh. Well, through his body, all sickness and disease has to go. Glory to God. And if there anything need, needs to be repaired, he's done it. We just call upon him. Father God, we praise you. We just give you thanks for all that Jesus took, the beating of his body, Father God the stripes and the bruises, Father God. He relates to us, Father God, that we would not have to suffer. He's given to us, Father God, the promise that through his body, healing would take place. So, Father, we, we receive this emblem, Father God, and we stand upon it, Father God, knowing that health and healing is ours because of what Jesus did in Jesus' name. Amen. And as we look at the cup, that represents the Lord's blood. To remember, Father God, it was the blood that washed away all sin. That we stand before you this day, Father God, cleansed because of the blood. What a precious gift, Father. Because of the blood, we've been adopted into the family of God, that we are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. And forever, Father God, we shall be with you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. No regrets. I know we just took communion, and but sometimes people still want prayer. So if there's anybody wanting prayer, come on up and we'll pray for you.
Okay. Let's all stand. This is the day that he hath made, and we shall rejoice in it. I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, for the precious life of Jesus who became our substitute that we can be a child of God. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you give us each a great day, Father God. Strengthen us, Father God, for the week ahead. I thank you, Lord, that uh, we can be a blessing to those that we come in contact with. And Father God, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord. Your word is working in our lives, Father God, to bring about the great blessings. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we go our separate ways. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.